if you have a national event within your geographic division, West Central, North, whatever division you're in, you know, and I, I, I realize there are some divisions that have more national events, but like for the West Central Division, Division 5, if you are a racer, an NHRA racer in that division, you should be able to attend at least one or two of the national events priority because it's your division. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the <laughs> NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today. Thanks for joining us. It is May 26th. This episode 27 of Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com. Classracingtoday at gmail.com is the email address. This art, this episode brought to you by Artisan Coffee, coffeebyartisan.com. Join the race team and get a free shirt, hat, and 15% off your coffee. Uh, we are on the Apple Podcast Network uh, and most places your podcasts are served up. Check it out there. Bobby, we're closer to your wedding than we were last time we talked. How are you today out there in the East Coast? The East Coast, the Garden State. There it is. We are doing a little better because in two days, they lower a couple more restrictions. Sweet. We're actually, we're actually going to be allowed to walk into a bar and order a drink. Oh, man. That? And maybe even sit at it. <laughs> oh, that's and right. If you hear a song you like, maybe even dance. <laughs> you haven't been able to actually sit down in a bar, right? Not at the bar. You've wow. been. You have to sit at a table and you know, kind of wait for somebody to mm -hmm. serve you. But now, you know, we're getting back to normal. Like getting back to normal. Fantastic. Just so, in time for for a big day. You know. Was it Bruce Springsteen that sang "Dancing in the Streets"? <laughs> I'll let you playing like have a parade. He's born in the <laughs> USA. Uh, yeah. I don't know my Bruce Springsteen, I guess, very well. Uh, well, you wouldn't make it in this state then. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons I wouldn't make it there, but we'll just say that that's the biggest reason. <laughs> I like we'll my freedoms. I like to be able to not wear a mask and go eat where I want to eat. And race, you know, like our racetracks are all open. We're having fun here while you guys are getting canceled. Ugh, low taxes, low population, crappy weather. God bless South Dakota. I know, right? You get like a 5,000 square foot house for $3.99 out there. <laughs> yes. Plus tax. Yep. Oh, wait, you probably don't even have that, so never mind. But hey, you guys just stay there. Stay in New Jersey. I think it's better in South Dakota. Yes, sir, we will. Brian, what's going on uh, besides all that great living conditions that you have? Uh, we're just, how's, the, uh, how's the race scene? How's the car coming along? Uh, we got it tore apart. We're trying to get ready. There's a pretty big, probably my favorite race of the year coming up here in a couple of weeks. So getting her tore down, trying to get it better. Got, uh, got some pretty big prize money I'm going to go after and hopefully going to break a bunch of hearts and get my first W. We'll we'll be rooting for you for sure, and uh, yeah, same here. I'm supposed to finally you know race. It's been a long time. Feels like it's been years, but yeah, I'm supposed to race this weekend and probably our biggest divisional here in Division One at Maple Grove Raceway. And um, we usually bring out. I mean, we had 128 stockers and I think about 100 super stockers uh, the last time we had this event. And uh, the forecast does not look very good right now. It doesn't look promising, but 
we're going to just hope and pray for a weather swing, we'll say. And, uh, uh, you know, we can race on Monday since it's Memorial, Memorial Day weekend. So we do have the rain date in our back pocket. Yeah, it is time to get going. That's uh, get the COVID crap over with, let the racetracks open, and then now we'll probably get weather. I mean, it's amazing how many hoops everything has to jump for. I really feel sorry for any promoter that's trying to put on races and dealing with all that. Like, you think you finally have everything going, and then the rain, like, it looks like Houston just got pummeled. I mean, it's a good thing the Holtz have a good restaurant to eat at down there with the house full of people because it did not look very fun, even if they went to canceled sportsman racing. I, I'm, I know, I'm sure, I mean, like you just said, the Holtz, <laughs> I'm sure they can occupy themselves and, and get by, but yeah, that would have been a, a miserable experience for someone that traveled a long way to, to sit at that national event and be in the rain and then to just race on like Monday or Tuesday, it takes away from the whole experience. There's nobody there. It's kind of like a lost cause at that point. I did but, see I did see some pretty epic videos of like the lazy river guys in floaties and pulling people down through the there was enough water in the ditches to pull people with golf carts laying on floaties down. So I'd rather be going down the strip, but hey, that would have been kind of cool to see people floating down the lazy river at the racetrack too. <laughs> For sure. I gotta hit that track up. That's on my bucket list too. And there's been issues at this track. Uh, there's been a couple of cancellations. I, I think the pit conditions there from what I've heard aren't, aren't the best. So when it does rain, it's just, it becomes a disaster, but there, there was actually, uh, you know, they ran the event and a couple sportsman classes were there and the, uh, factory stock, uh, shootout took place. And since that is class racing, we'll cover that real quick. Uh, David Barton in his 2017 Camaro, uh, took out. Uh, Aaron Stanfield in the 2020 Camaro. Barton had an 036 light in the final and went 797 at 173 miles an hour. And Aaron Stanfield had an 075 light, so he was a little late uh, for a Stanfield anyway, unlike him. And he went 781 at 175 miles an hour. So he had a little bit more mile an hour, but um, Barton had the quicker time, 779. So congratulations, David Barton. That guy's just on fire. National event. What is that? Two ollies in eight days. Yeah, he won comp too. <coughs> in a stalker. So that was pretty amazing, right? Two ollies in eight days. And how long have you and I been waiting for them? <laughs> well, let's talk about you because you've been waiting a lot longer than I have. <laughs> I just started. A national event Wally. I'm still waiting on. Yeah. Um, a divisional event, Wally. Actually, I'm still waiting on that too. I got a couple national opens under my belt and a divisional runner-up, and a bunch of class wins. But want that national event, Wally? Want the big one? All right. Also, we had let's cover a couple more results here before we get into the to this uh, awesome episode with these guests tonight. Division two, I believe, the final event at Atlanta Dragway before they bulldoze the place. Um, Steve Foley in the C-Stock Automatic 98 Camaro. He took the win over the guy who actually built his car, Darren Poole Adams, in the Factory Stock E uh, 2019 Copo. And in Super Stock, Anthony Bertozzi won in his Super Stock A-Stock uh, 98 Grand Am. And he took the win over Anthony Bongiovanni 
in his factory Superstock C2014 Cobra Jet. Those two matched up against each other at the national event a few weeks ago, and Bon Giovanni beat Bertozzi, and now this time in the final, Bertozzi beats Bon Giovanni. The Battle of the Anthonys continues, and it probably won't stop. They'll probably run again a couple more times this year. Then there was the National Open on Sunday. So the Divisional was Friday and Saturday, and then a National Open on Sunday. Steve Foley doubles up. He wins his C-Stock Automatic 98 Camaro, and he takes the win over Marion Stevenson, who's been really hot this year. Marion Stevenson's got the B-Stock Automatic uh, 2015 Camaro. So the Corn Dog King has been tearing it up, going deep rounds everywhere. And Steve Foley, he's been going deep rounds too. And he just needed a little bit of a break, and he he got one. I believe he was a semifinalist at the Atlanta National event. Then he wins this divisional. Then he wins the uh, National Open also. So that's that's pretty sick. And um, for anybody that knows, <clears throat> I can't find National Open results online. So I don't know if that was a combo or if they actually ran separate. Somebody can comment and uh, let us know that. That'd be wonderful. So I can give that person a shout-out whoever won in Superstock, if there was Superstock. All right, Brian, what's going on for tonight? Who do we have on deck here? Well, I uh, I thought we are going to have an intervention. I know over there in the East Coast, you're kind of a diehard NHRA guy. And me, me, me being the new kid on the block, really the only reason I even got into stock, Superstock racing is partially because of these two guys putting in the man hours, slaving, putting together a really awesome association. So we got some big things coming up, some big races, and I just thought, hey, you know what? Let's have these guys come on, and we're going to make Bobby see the light, get his butt over here, and go to do some good association racing where we're pandemic-free, go out and have a good time, race for big money every time. And I just I really respect these guys, and they do a lot for the sport. So we've got uh, John McLeod and Charlie Abdouche, right, Charlie, from Midwest Class you Racers? It. You got it. Whew, I was nervous. I've been sweating the whole time that I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem so we just want to have these guys on and learn a little bit more about associations and what we got going on in our scene and how they got into racing and where this kind of all started i mean first of all let's talk about what's happening with midwest class racers here in the next couple of weeks nope we got a we've got a big schedule the next couple of weeks we uh this weekend we're at earlville uh, on a double down there. And, uh, then, uh, the next week we have an open that we're also sponsoring with a double down there. Then we're off a week and then under rock falls for the big one. So this weekend at Earlville, there'll be the last, uh, qualifier for the race of champions that Charlie's putting on. And, uh, it, it should be, uh, it should be kind of fun to watch and see who all gets in and who all gets qualified. I'm, I think there's a, a couple of us runner ups that are really hoping that they keep getting rained out. So you guys are short a few drivers and maybe we can reach in the hat for runner ups or you got a plan for that yet or. Yeah, we, yeah, do. we do. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, John. Well, we, we've got a, we are going to draw the runner ups before the race. So everybody will get a phone call after this weekend to make sure who's all coming. Once we have the full list, then we'll draw for runner ups that will be, you know, also called so that they'll know they're on board. Anybody could break. Uh, we want a full 16 car field. And so they, we want them on deck so that if we got a problem, we can shove them in and away they go. So, so you're you know, gonna, we'll draw that out of the hat. Are you going to take 20 cars or just 16? 
we're just taking 16. So there won't be qualifying if you don't have enough. It'll just be the. Right. If we don't have enough, then it'll just be, uh, you know, qualifying for, for a position. So yeah. you're going to, so if, say if, say if there's only 14 of the winners that can make it to the race, you're going to draw two runners up. You're not going to draw all 20 and let them qualify and fight it out to make the field. No, we're going to draw two, two runner ups. Yep. You got it right. So there's still a chance. There is. You better get the work, Brian. <laughs> uh, there's only one thing I have in my mind, and that's making it to Rock Falls, because I would, I would like to go there and do some damage. So I have been slaving away. Yeah, we're looking forward to Rock Falls. It's, uh, you know, it's really four races in three days. Uh, Friday, we have our stick race, uh, which uh, John and I came up with for my love of old modified eliminator. I absolutely love mod. And uh, we started that a couple of years ago. And then two years ago, we said, decided to do the race of champions. So we got, we have that back to back on Friday. And then our two big races that SeaTech is sponsoring uh, for those are 4,000 to win, correct, John? They're five. five. We're up to, to five. Yep. So they're 5,000 and 2,500. And then pay all the way down like we have been. Yeah. Yep. So. so if a guy came over there with a stick car, you could race a stick race on Friday for $2,000. And then Saturday for five grand, Sunday for five grand. Correct. Right. And, and if you're in the race of champions, you got another five grand if you win. See, Bob, you better pack up and come race with us. I know, man. That is a nice return on investment right there. Yep. 5000 well, to win. Yeah, I like and that. And one of the things that we're proud of is the fact of how low we pay. And that was one of the reasons I got on board was um, I'd been around drag racing for many, many years. And the fact is, is I, I, I grew up around nitro cars and alcohol cars. And I lived in Colorado. And when I talked to the alcohol guys about putting a show on uh, it was always the problem was always the downside it was always the bottom in that got left out and that was one of the things i always vowed to do uh, whether it's stock super stock or any other class is to help the bottom side because everybody it costs everybody to get there and in order to you know to give them something uh you know we call them uh, second round losers get money and that's that's the way that's the way we wanted to set it up. And I think that's one of our uh, primary things if uh, John wants to chime in on that. Yeah, that uh, we, we started out uh, right from the start doing uh, third round lose. And, uh, but once we moved it down to second round lose, and especially once Charlie came on board and we were able to use his bonus bucks for the uh, payout, uh, now we pay a hundred first round. Well, basically a first round wins a hundred second round wins, 200 third round win is 400 quarterfinals is six. And then at the race, it'll be a thousand, um, uh, you know, semifinal or semifinals and, uh, we 2,500, I should say, and then 5,000 to win. So it, it's, uh, it, you know, that, that's when we really started getting a lot of people on board, you know, is when we did that, it, it, everybody was getting some checks back. You know, it was a feel good thing, just some good gas money. It is really tough to win these things. And uh, so it's nice to see, especially the guys in the third and fourth round, they've, they've already went quite a ways. It's nice to see them get some money. Well, and I'm, I'm new to the whole thing. And I'm, new, I'm like I said, just, I don't have a lot of experience, but it's kind of crazy the, 
when you start talking to some of the guys that are there at every one of our races, I mean, you got Jason DeForest, you got Al Corda. I mean, there's there's some hitters at every single one of these races. I mean, it's it's not like you're just going to show up and take someone's money either. I mean, you got to earn every single round with these things. Yeah, exactly. And, and we've even got some cars that are really slower. You know, when you when you look at their index and they're slower cars, slower cars are winning. You know, so you don't have to have the primo car, even though you're up against some hitters. Uh, we had one of the slower cars win uh, just a couple of weeks ago in Thunder Valley and he qualified for the race of champions. And uh, so it's going to be fun to see him come. Uh, he's a little bit worried about qualifying, but, you know, if we don't have the full 16 car field, he's in and uh, he gets the race. Yeah, what's that car run under? Like 40, what did he call it? Well, he was like 43 under, I think, and still won the whole race. So, I mean, it just goes to show that that gives me a little glimmer of hope because I'm never going to be a second under combination. But, you know, you just got to rip down the tree and have a car that runs consistent. If it's your day, there's no stopping you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if he was running 40 under, uh, do you guys have heads up runs at these events? Or is yes, it an all bracket style? No, it's uh we we've stayed with the NHRA style. Uh, everything's we have heads up, we have scales. Uh, a couple of tracks we've had use portable scales because the track itself doesn't have scales. Um, but we do qualify for position, so there's no, uh, you know, it's it's just like going to an NHRA points meet, you know, when as far as the feel, um, and uh, it's been it's been working good. A lot of our guys, we we've, we've thought about it. Some of the associations don't do it that way, but I think most of our guys really like it, the fact that we stay that way. You would know better than I would, John, but I'd say we've probably had a heads up at just about every single race, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we've yeah, we got – I don't think we had one at this last one, but we usually have one or two, you know. And, and the qualifying spot, that's what people probably worry about the most. They don't want to do random pairings, um, and so they do like the qualifying side of it. No, I always, like I said, it seems like every, about every race I've been to, I feel like there's at least been one heads up. Um, I know I had one at the very first one I went to. It just, I know it's pretty common. It's, it's always fun. I mean, that's, that's why we do stock eliminator styles racing, right? Is for the heads ups and the performance base qualifying. And that's, I have this talk with Bobby all the time that, oh, you know, it's association. Well, I don't know any difference. Our association races don't feel any different than a divisional race other than it's a combo. You're racing super stock and stock, which makes it tougher, but it also makes it more fun. And I think, I think the fact is our association, when you, the camaraderie uh, that we have within the groups that come, we have, you know, racers like Bill Dyer came all the way to South Dakota from Illinois uh, to, to race a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, we have them coming and they love it. Uh, John, you can speak to the guys out of Colorado that came. Well, um, Burton's came. Yeah, Burton's. They Burton's came, down. came and they absolutely loved it. Uh, they mm -hmm. were on their way to St. Louis, so they stopped. They actually won one of the races. But it's just the fact that everybody is, it's like a big family, and uh, which it is in NHRA, but you have other, so many other programs going on within a race at NHRA. It, it feels like we are the uh, dominant, not the dominant force is the wrong word. We are the king of king for a day, so to speak with stock super stock. And, and I, and the guys like it, I think, and the gals love it. I mean, everybody like, cause it's truly a family. 
very how, true how did how did the association start john let's let's go back in time and how did this whole well, idea come together well this is before my time uh but bob sherwood ron roddle dan weiss uh those guys uh they were doing a, i think there was an association down there in uh scribner at the time and one at marion and they joined forces uh after, after about 2004, I think it was, um, and headed up uh, the, the group. That's when the Midwest Class Racer started, and it uh, it just kept you know moving along, growing. We you know we only had like three races when I got on board, but it uh, you know with, especially once it grew into the what we call the North Group up in Minneapolis, uh, and then we've got the Heartland Group over in Iowa. Uh, now we've got you know a lot of race, a lot of racing going on. We've got 11 weekends. And, uh, so it's a, it's a pretty full schedule when you have actually 22 races going. Yeah. It's nice that there's, there's a lot of races to go to, but yet it's not every week. And I feel like that's the schedule is always pretty easy to go to. Um, they're always good events. The, uh, there are, there, it's always a lot of fun. I, like I said, I don't know any difference. It's, it's probably the best for us to hit those it's a lot easier than trying to go to for a divisional so for me if i didn't have those that style of racing or the associations to go to i probably won't have a car i mean mm -hmm. and, and some people say well maybe we have too many races but the races are kind of in their regions you know so the north group has the rock balls to it brainerd the harlan group have three down at earlville you know we've got pier uh which is questionable this year but uh marion's got two and then we on a one and then down to Kearney. So, you, you know, you don't have to try, you don't have to travel because we don't do any points or anything. And that's one of the reasons we don't, uh, to keep it simple and, uh, and just have fun racing. How did, how did you get started into the racing, John? Well, I started back in high school, like a lot of guys did back then, but, uh, I, I started bracket racing in, uh, in 71 and two, and then, uh, in 73, a uh, year after I got married, we took my car and made it into a super stocker. So I ran a super stock I automatic uh, demon and ran that through uh, 79 and then turned it into a modified car. Of course, any cherry threw that class out, uh, which was unfortunate. But um, and so then I uh, went to an 80, 81 Omni uh, pro stock style car and ran B kind of altered uh, uh, for a couple of years, actually three years, I think it was. And I went to a partnered up with bob tilton and we built a 85 corvette to run b counter via kind of altered also and ran that till 87 and then quit for 20 years i have a hard time picturing a b or an omni as a car race car <laughs> like, yeah it was a good one till denver right john what's that till denver right yeah yeah till denver yeah Got let her tell that down. story <laughs> it got a little upside down at Denver. Oh no! That's why the new one was built. All right, and, let's and hear it. You can't was... just can't just lead it down. We got to hear the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> no, just got in a problem in the finish line. Bob was driving, and and luckily we didn't hit the other car, but we got up into the side of the hill there where the where the old track was, and ended it about eight times, and the car was toast. Bob was okay which was good so we built the new one uh, parks uh, neil and parks built that they built a great car first and so the car actually was quite a bit better car than we were running so it in the long run worked out better did you uh 
have much success with racing? Did you go to win the U.S. Nationals or do anything fun like that or class? We, well, we had a lot of we, – we always qualified in comp. You didn't run for class. You always just went for qualifying. We all, we qualified at all the races we went to, had the record for two years. And then we run it up at the mile highs in 86, uh, went, went uh, to the quarters at Indy, um, went to the quarters at, at Dallas. Uh, you know, so we had – you know, did really well at Brainerd. So that year, that year was really a good year. And, uh, and that, then we ran just part of the next year, Bob got married and I bought the biz, bought a business and we were kind of done. Now, was it you telling me that you used to get paid to qualify back then? Yes. Yeah. In fact, I was just looking at that today because I got some info from a friend of mine, but usually at a national event, if you qualified in comp, we'd usually get about $900. And then back in the day, um, up till 85, you actually got paid first round lose money. It was $200. And, uh, and then, you know, 200, 300, 400, they had a, a pretty decent payout. And then in 84, 84 or five, they went to uh, 64 cars at Indy. So then they uh, started paying second round lose. And uh, so, yeah, you, you, don't, you know, you didn't make any money out of it. At least you had your travel expenses, your motels and that, you know, pretty much paid for. Yeah. But that was quite the, spectacle back in the the early years at the u.s nationals that would be a that would be pretty cool that's times that probably aren't coming back but that would have been a really neat scene to be part of yeah there was uh there was a lot of cars in all the classes i mean you had uh you know you know 120 130 cars in comp you had 250 super stockers uh wasn't quite as many stockers back then uh because that was a little bit of a newer class but there was a lot of cars there it was a lot of fun So, Charlie, what, what generated your love for racing? Well, it goes back to the mid-60s, really. Um, I just I grew up in the metropolitan area of Wagner, South Dakota, population 1,600. And there was just a lot of uh, cars around that area. And as a very young boy, my uh, future brother-in-law was uh, into racing. He got me hooked, and the hook was set deep. However, I didn't race at all. I was always helping someone else. I was always more of a spectator, interested uh, from that point until really 1991 when I was introduced and in, I lived in Colorado and I was introduced to Gary Ritter, who is a one of the first six second and five second top fuel drivers. I met him through a friend I met in Denver, and he introduced me to Gary Densham. Now, in 1991, Gary Densham was uh, him and two other guys raced his Nitro Funny Car. And he, for some reason, he took me under his wing, and uh, I started, we became fast friends. And I still lived in Sioux Falls. I moved back to Sioux Falls. But I'd always go to the races I could go and help him on the car. And uh, in 93 and 94, we were fortunate enough to run her up at Brainerd to force both times. But that's how I got involved in the big car stuff. But I've always had a love because I was at Thunder Valley and Marion constantly in the late 60s and early 70s at all the points meet when we'd have 20, 25,000 people there. I mean, there was it was phenomenal. And the, and what I go back again to mod to comp to stock super stock, 
were phenomenal classes. And the nice thing about Thunder Valley is stock super stock was their crown jewel on a weekly basis. And John can speak to that, but that's, that was their crown jewel. They were always a uh, stock super stock track and uh, to be a stock super stock champion at Thunder Valley was a big deal. And I always gravitated for that. Well, I've always been involved since 91. I was involved in the big cars, nitro cars, alcohol cars, and so forth. But in, uh, it was 2015. My brother, uh, unbeknownst to me, was real good friends with Ron Roddle, our great friend who passed away a little over a year ago, who was instrumental in stock super stock. And I happened to have a fairly successful business. I love stock super stock. I'd always go out and watch the race and talk to the guys. And then I would, I approached Ron. I said, do you guys need any help financially? You know, I'd like to get involved uh, because it's a Midwest. My company is a Midwestern company. And uh, all the races are within my, our market. And, and it works for us. And they graciously brought me in. And uh, we just devised different programs. Because we, my biggest, my biggest point in getting into racing was how can we benefit the racer? Because I don't want it to die. I, I don't want it to die. Whether it's stock, super stock, or nitro funny cars, I don't want them to die. And quite frankly, as much as I like going to NHR races, every class is not treated fairly. And I, I see that. And somehow, whether it's grassroots or from a bigger scope, to try and help. And yes, I'm only one guy in Sioux Falls, but I'm going to do everything I can uh, in my power to, to keep stock super stock. I love comp. I'd like to even do something with comp. Uh, but uh, that's how I got involved. My, my, is, I just have a love. I, I have a love of nitromethane. I just, I'm addicted to nitromethane. And uh, that's really how everything started for me. And, and thankfully the guys at Midwest class racers, I, I'm the stepchild. Uh, they brought me in and are taking care of. Now he's he's been instrumental to our our growth in the last few years. That's for sure. Uh, that's when we're able to start paying more down low and getting these races going at the Rock. Um, the, you know, the year first year we had the stick race there. I think Charlie, we would we have about thirty six, thirty eight cars 36 there. Cars, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, just it just. The, and, and the stick guys all stick together. They've been really good to work with and, and they, they, they kick in a little bit to help their purse uh, along with it. So it's really worked out well. And then came up with the race of champions just to put a little uh, all-star feel uh, to the program. I'm still trying to kind of go down that NHRA road of, you know, trying to have the Wallies or, or in a different way, you know, so it's, it's been, it's been really, he's been really good and, you know, that's where I was saying earlier, we've been, we've been really fortunate to have a couple really good corporate sponsors, you know, Water, Watertown, uh, uh, Ford Chrysler uh, started sponsoring us. I think the first year I started making calls, Scott signed up and then just kept adding to it. They're still, they've been on board ever since. And then when Charlie came on, so it's been great to, to get the corporate sponsors to go along with all the, the race sponsors that we have. What do you think for associations out there that are trying to get started or maybe struggling? I mean, what would be some advice you'd have for them to get people on board like that? Well, I, I've talked to quite a few of them along the way. And I, I think, you know, number one, I think the racers need to come and you know, get involved. And, uh, 
you know, we don't call it a membership. We call it a sponsorship. You're not going to have everybody, but we've got the, we've got the main. And that's how you're able to pay out the money that we do. Um, it, it takes a lot of, you know, an average race down at Marion will cost anywhere from eight to $9,000. And uh, in the bear, it takes quite a bit to do the amount of races that we're doing. And, uh, uh, but you know, it takes a lot of calls. Uh, they're going to have to be dedicated uh, to getting the calls made and, and uh, get the people on board. And I think paying down when Charlie came on board made my job a lot easier because, uh, you know, I think the people really like that. And only one person can win, but everybody feels good about getting a check. Well, that's that's kind of the, the the toughest thing about our sport, right? Is half people go home the first round, whether whether you should have or not. I mean, somebody's going home half a year leaving after the first round. That's no one. I know for me, my goal is I just want to make it through first round. Like if I make it through first round, you get your money back. Like you know, it just it's a good feeling. The monkey's kind of off your back, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I appreciate the way, everything you guys have done, and I know. I can specifically think of three cars this year getting put together just to run the association races. Like it's not people looking to go to HRA. It's just, we've got a pretty good circuit or whatever you would call it, or a lineup of races. And it's literally fueling and driving stock and super stock racing in the Midwest. So I think that's, there's a lot of power behind this. I mean, if I was sitting in an area with like we are, we're what three and a half hours to the nearest track. Some of these races, you know, in divisionals are seven hours away. If there was an association there where I could go hit four or five races within three and a half, four hours, heck yeah, I'd want to be a part of it. Uh, it's the, brought a lot of cars out, that's for sure. Uh, when we first started, uh, oh, our car count would be, you know, a 30 was a good car count. And, and you know, now, it, you know, these races coming up at Earlville, you know, we'll hit, you know, this one here will be a little bit in the next weekend, but we'll hit an easy 60, 65 cars. And then you've got the, the next weekend, we'll have, you know, over a hundred, you know, stock, super stock there. Rock Falls will have over a hundred. Uh, the, the Memorial Day or the Labor Day race we do last year. So it's getting, it's, it's definitely growing. There's yeah, you guys have done One of the things, uh, sorry, Brian, I didn't mean to step on you. No, I just said it's done a it's done a really good you guys have done a really good job of helping promote and get everything people fired up and getting cars to show up at these things, that's for sure. I think one of the things John uh John puts in enormous hours to uh in this behind the scenes and, and that's you know, if you're gonna start an association, it takes two or three guys for sure to to really uh work at it. It, it it's not going to just happen it's not going to fall out of the sky because it took uh, from 2004 until really uh, at this point now uh in 2021 we're we're fairly we're successful but it's a lot because of what john does and it's a lot cooperating with the tracks because the tracks have to get involved too and you have to get the tracks on board with it yes they get and john can speak to this some tracks are different but uh, to enter a race, uh, it could be anywhere from $135 or $100 up to $150. And John can speak to that more than I can. But And that's how we get the tracks involved also. 
Yeah, the, yeah, the tracks, especially when we go on a regular weekend, it, it really works out quite well for the tracks because we're we're go, we usually pick their slower weekend weekend uh, races, and we bring in sixty, you know, seventy cars in, and uh, you know they 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 take part of the uh, pay going in, and and we bring a lot of people with us, so it, it works out well. The Rock Falls is kind of a unique race, which I really enjoy, in the fact that it's a limited uh weekend so it's just us and uh sock super stock they have nostalgia nostalgia super stock cars there and they also have a muscle car index race there and so all the cars pretty much look like stock super stock cars and it's not uh it's not their normal weekend special weekend just for those those three classes and that's why it works so well to bring the stick shift and the race champions to that race because with friday on board we've got to do it all rain we've had a tough time with rain last couple of years so you know hopefully we can get a clean weekend yeah and the, the updates they've done to that place like it's it's a pretty amazing place like i thought it was nice the first time i went there and then last year you know even though it rained it's you can see all the improvements and construction and building all the new stuff and i'm excited to get back there now like it's they've really put a lot of money in getting that thing turned around like the track's always good Charlie, I got a question for you, and I know since you like the nitro cars, so you've been around to a lot of tracks. What's what's your favorite track then? Uh, you know, my always my bucket list track, and it was always Denver. I love Denver. It, stupid track to race at, but it's just just the closeness of the track, being on top of the racing surface at Denver. But my bucket list track was always Gainesville, and I finally got to Gainesville when Gary got inducted into the Hall of Fame in uh 2018 and we got to go down and race at games have you been to the east coast any of those tracks further gainesville would be the furthest east indy that's the only ones i haven't been no actually i'll take that back i i when my brother-in-law and sister lived in boston one of the things we got to do and i went to epping for a 64 far 64 car funny car show uh, so I've been at Epping. I was at Epping. I was at uh, Killcare in Xenia, Ohio, by Dayton. Uh, we went to. This is when I was young, though. You know, I was still in high school. Um, where else did we go on the East Coast? Boston. We went to. Epping was the big one. Went up to Martin, Michigan, for a '64 car funny car show. That that was so unbelievable. They started qualifying funny cars. At eight o'clock, they were still running funny cars at three o'clock in the morning. They didn't stop. Wow. <laughs> That's how many funny cars were there. There was over 150 funny cars for a 64 car show. What? <laughs> and it was actually a points meet for NHRA points meet that week, too. So you yeah. had you had all of the pro stock teams there. You had and it, they had this special funny car show besides that. It was Ram Chargers were there in the Pro Stock cars. Glidden was there. Everybody in the Pro Stock was there that was then. And then and then they had to sit while all these funny cars raced for nine hours. <laughs> but yeah, that was unbelievable. It's I've a, never seen that many funny cars in my whole life. I mean, NHRA, it was just Epping was the it? same way, though. You know, Arnie, you know, the Boston Strangler and all those guys were out there. And it was unbelievable to sit there and watch them all. I'd like to go to Bader's track after talking to that guy. I'm like, 
that would. But yeah, Norwalk. Really... I'd love to go to Norwalk. I, I I really would like to go. To that would be. Detchum really said it's phenomenal. He, they have the greatest time when they go there. Uh, he hasn't raced there in a while, but he offered him one time. I think it was Bill Senior, and uh, he always wanted Dentrum to come out there to race that. You know, they always have that July. It was either July Fourth deal or the big fireworks show where they have. They usually have four funny cars and some top. He he said, "I want you to bring both your cars. Bring the nostalgia car and that. I'll give you forty thousand dollars." And Dentrum goes, "Well, I wish I could, but he was committed to go to another race." And uh, but yeah, he was he was going to pay him a lot of money. I go, "Man, alive, Dentrum, you better take the, it. Borrow a car and go more out there. Get now to race a national." Event. I know. <laughs> and ice cream by the pound. That's right. Yes. 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 Bobby, you dollar, know it, right? Buck a pound. One dollar. Yeah. How many times have you been there, Bobby? Twice. 2011 and 2012, I ran the national event there. How far is that from your house? Uh, it was like nine hours, eight, nine hours when you're towing. I got in an accident the first time I went. I got hit by a tractor trailer. Oh. And he didn't even know he hit me. And, um, my dad and his buddy were following me, the so they like out. sped off and like tracked him down and made him pull over, dumb and dumber I, style. Pull my wife, over. Told, my <laughs> wife told me how to lay off these short jokes. And he was like, "No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing." <laughs> nice. But that that like that's you know delayed us for you know at least an hour and a half, two hours trying to my our truck. I was driving the truck. This is before we had a motorhome, and it totally caved in the side of our truck we used the isc the racer tape and taped up the door and everything we had to dry there my dad was so embarrassed he keeps his stuff so neat and clean and everything and that's all he could think about was these people are going to see us at the race they're going to think we look like sanford and son now like he was all <laughs> <laughs> he is like the slick mist king like lucas oil slick mist every morning on the cars so he would have been pretty proud of team hot mess at st louis you're saying <laughs> oh yeah what do you mean check my pressure i did when i unloaded it <laughs> that was what 2011 that's when i had to race drew skillman and we were running at midnight for round two. Oh, really yep he was an unknown though i didn't know who he was i looked at his times i was like this kid sucks he's been 80 on the tree all weekend i'll clean his clock so i cut a 30 light against him and he was like 008 against <laughs> what me. were you racing then he was running a one of those Cobra Jets in oh, Super Oh, 11. Yeah, that's when they first came. Yeah. Yeah, that, right. yeah. And I was, and he, he nudged me out by like two thousands at the finish line. I was like, oh, God, what a heartbreaker. And then the very next round, he went back to 080 again on the tree. I was like, what the heck? At midnight, you had to do that to me? <laughs> Charlie, you're a Ford guy then, they said. Yes, the yes, I'm a diehard Ford guy. In fact, in the 60s, I can remember in 1964, I was so enthralled with Ford. And I was I was big into both NASCAR and, and, and to drag racing. But I wrote Ford, and I suggested some power adders to put into their cars at the time. So what did they send me? They sent me this packet, this huge packet. And it had all these photographs of all the Ford drivers, Leroy Yarbrough, Cale Yarbrough. I mean, all the drag racers. It was all their autographs. Of course, my sister threw it all away. Oh but, man! <laughs> but I had it all. They sent me a nice letter. It was it was. I was shocked. 
you know, wow. a nine-year-old kid getting this stuff. Uh, but they sent me, yeah, it was all, they were all black and white pictures, but they were all signed and they all had sent this nice letter. But yeah, I just been a four, I don't know why. That's I think it was because the Ford dealership was down the street from where I grew up. And of course, every September, the new cars debuted back then. Yeah. And that's where we were. We were always down at the Ford dealership. I just love Ford. And I just, I guess like you, we uh, took a different course. Yeah. <laughs> I think they call that the imprinting. They're like, traveled. all right, this kid is nine. He's going to buy a lot of cars and be successful, so we want him to like us. So we'll send this packet <laughs> and brainwash him right now. The road it was less cool. traveled for, for NHRA, that's for sure. But yeah. a yellow bullet, a couple, uh, the last race I did, oh, my God, there was a box body Mustang, every other pair going down the track. Is that right? Yeah. But a, a, a lot of them were powered by Chevys and power glides and – Right. I was like, what's yeah, the point of doing that? Like, what do I, I know? I, I go to street rod shows and there are all these beautiful 32 Fords, 40 Fords, and they got they have Chevy engines. It drives me insane. Oh. But, but I mean, when you when you can pick one up for a dime, I guess that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the bell? Right, Brian? Yeah. You put that motor in. You're a Mopar guy. I don't even know what you're talking about. You're yeah. the Chevy, you closet Mopar guy. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually been called worse names than that, but <laughs> I, be, I bet you by McLaughlin. Yeah, I think uh, it starts with a T and ends in a Zeit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of Mopar guy would drive a Chevy? I'm like, I know. And the funny thing is, is I absolutely hate the body style of my car. Like, it's my least favorite Camaro. It's like if there was one Camaro that should have never been in production. I always joke at the racetracks, okay, they're starting out with a new Gen 4 Camaro. You know, we got to make something cool, something hip. And they gave the guy the clay, and he made the first slice, and he made another slice. And then, hey, we're going downtown for drinks. And he's like, all right, and he left. And then Monday morning, that's all that was left, you know? Either that yeah, or they got through approval. Either that or he was like a woman's shoe designer or something. Like The Trans Ams have the cool big bulges, like the WS6 hoods, and they got the big spoiler. I mean, like. That car's got some lines, but that Camaro, yeah. I guess you buy a raffle ticket, you can't really pick what you win. So, yeah. Well, you that's you got into it. The main thing is you're there. Yeah. Well, you're having fun. It yeah. all comes back. Like if it wasn't for John and having this Midwest class racers, like I wouldn't have a stock super stock car. Like I can't with a young family. It's hard to build a car that you have to drive seven, eight, ten hours to go race. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, for sure, for sure. And that, you know, that's the whole premise behind it. And it's it's not to dish or diss on NHRA by any standards. But, you know, now with uh, the television package and the quotas they have for cars, you know, it was so much fun to go, uh, you know, before all the quotas and see how many cars. I, I always love to look at the entry list to see how many cars were going to be in stock and super stock. And that was that was one of the that's what I look forward to. Uh, you know, and then, you know, it got cut and now it's such, you know, talking about grade points, it's so tough to get, and then they raise the yeah. amount of grade points. I mean, to race an NHR, I mean, they're almost boxing you out. Uh, and that's, that's, I think the benefit we have in, in, in a structure of trying to keep it NHRA where you still feel like you're at at least a divisional. And and getting rewarded for racing. Yeah, we need eight eight here to get into an event now. Yeah, it's but it's the difference high. is you can get eight points pretty easy, can yeah? 
What's that? I said, well, the difference for Bobby is he can get eight grade points relatively easy compared to what I would have to go through. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really hard for you to get it. For us, uh, I can. What, what's what I can do is I can bring both cars to a couple races and then get. You know, I'm supposed to have both cars here this weekend. So if I can hit a couple with two cars, there's two, four, six right there, and then seven, eight somewhere else with one car. Right. But, um, but I can't. At, just you know, at, I can't go to eight separate races right now. I'd ha- I would have to go down south or or go up to Epping or something like that. Yeah, nine hour and trips, and I can't do that. But see, that's so. the difference. Like I'd have to go to Brainerd. How far is Brainerd from Sioux? Or uh, not? Sorry, Brainerd's three and a half from me. But like, how far is Denver from Sioux Falls, Charlie? Nine. So I mean, nine, ten. I mean, I'm eleven, twelve hours from Denver. Yeah, you know, right? definitely. As far out as your guys races are they they need to be doubles like john was saying you gotta have a divisional and an open or two divisionals or something earlville seven and a half i think topeka i mean you pretty much have to go over eight hours to get even close to get five grade points yeah it, it, it makes it difficult i mean the cost to, to travel like that and then the time from your family it's 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 so difficult and i i i don't in a division like this, as expansive as Division Five is, I mean, it's big geographically. Uh, to f- for a division director to really fight that, it, it makes really no sense uh, to do that. And you know, you have guys at Brainerd run stock super stock; they're shut out of their own racetrack for a for a national event, and it's across the street from them. I mean, it's, 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 that's sad and that it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. That's, they need to do something about that. We've talked about that a couple of times, um, about that because yeah, there are the traveling pros that are getting eight, nine, 10, 12 grade points and yeah, they're getting in and people that live right there. I don't know. I haven't come up with something good for that. I I I would like that rule too because Maple Grove's only, you know, 50 minutes from my house and it's getting really hard to get into that race at the end of the year. Like I I've gotten lucky the last couple of years somebody dropping you know on Monday before the race and I'm able to to try and get in or Yeah. Uh, if there's a threat of rain, people withdraw and then and then you just you just, I just jump in anyway. I, I don't care about the forecast. I, I just go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I was a good, a good friend of mine used to work for safety safari and we'd, we'd sit around and talk and, and he was a racer. Uh, he built a lot of nostalgia funny cars. He was one of the first nostalgia funny car drivers, Bob Gibson in the late nineties. And we'd talk and he, and it's kind of the same situation when it came to when alcohol cars and that were running all the races, all the national events, and some of these guys weren't getting in. And he, he he made a suggestion. I thought it was a good suggestion. I It would be somewhat hard to, uh, I guess, put in place. But if you're if you have a national event within your geographic division, West Central, North, whatever division you're in, you know, and I, I, I realize there are some divisions that have more national events, but like for the West Central Division, Division 5, if you are a racer, an NHRA racer in that division, you should be able to attend at least one or two of the national events priority because it's your division to be able to get into that division. And then the other guys with the grade points and the 
can filter in. Yeah, maybe you end up with 74 cars instead of 64 cars, but you qualify out those cars. Uh, there has to be a solution to me, especially in these big geographic areas where you can't get grade points if they're not going to change the doubles. Should there be a minimum? Do you think the the racer should have like a minimum three grade points and then he's or she is guaranteed entry into their home division's national event or one would, national event of their choice? I would think so. I would think that, yeah, they could do a step. I, that idea, I think, would be great. Why why shouldn't you be able to go to your... So a guy in Brainerd is able to go to the Brainerd Divisional. He's able to go to a national open in, in Earlville, and he gets another point, those three points... Yeah, he gets a choice. He gets what division, what national event do you want to go to? At least give him a choice of one of the races in his division to go to, and, and he's not shut out. Um, and I just think it has to be something has to be addressed about that in these divisions where these guys aren't getting grade points because of the travel. I mean, you think of I'll, I'll give you an example of my cousin, Dane McIntosh, who's 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 won races a lot of divisional races he lives in cody wyoming in the middle south dakota is nowhere but cody wyoming is really up there in the middle of nowhere well he lost salt lake city he doesn't he's got his closest track is denver now and he raced denver a lot he used to race in uh uh, wyoming why can't i think of the track in wyoming the jackalopes um anyway douglas um and so he had enough tracks to get those grade points. Well, now he's in Cody, Wyoming. He can't even go to Salt Lake City now. So he's literally has to travel so far that he doesn't even go to national events anymore. And he was at a constant, he was at national events constantly. But there again, Division Six, they're in the same kind of, unless you're, you know, further west, you're really hosed. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough spot, I think, for an HRA because they're trying to limit it for time basis. So they kind of want to keep it, you know, where it's attainable to get through the show fast and do the pro show and all that, which I kind of understand that as far as their business model. That's where the spectators are showing up to see. But on the other hand, they're also killing off the income that comes from sportsman racing. Like, guys are going to stop yeah. trying and not even show up. Well, exactly. I know, exactly. For me, I know for me, if I had a chance, if they said they're taking 120 cars into Brainerd, They'll take the top 60 or whatever, 70 cars that qualify. You know, am I going to roll the dice, pay the entry fee and go? I probably would because it's one race a year that I'd really like to try to go to, you know, right? and just hope you can qualify. They're still going to get the money coming in. So from their business model, they're not having to have any more time, but yet some guys will roll the dice and you're also going to work on your car and look for combos that are going to qualify higher. Yep. Well, you, you take a, take a race like Denver. When I first started going to Denver race in 89, 88, 89, you know, you'd have full fields of stock superstock. I mean, full fields, 100 cars would be there. I mean, I was shocked, not two or three years ago, 36 cars in superstock. I mean, which is, that's, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not way it should be. And, mm-hmm. and really a lot of it, yes, maybe the track, you know, but, how would you, the track location hasn't changed from when you had a hundred and some cars to, to now the track location is the same. The weather is pretty much the same. So what's the, what's the common denominator that pulled all these cars out? It's the fact that the local guys aren't going because they're not able to go. 
Well, with 36 cars, they, they could get in with one grade point, the local guys, if yeah. there's only that few entries. Yeah. So I've I, never been there to that track. I have no idea what my car would do with that track. I don't even know. It would take me probably five runs to get it tuned right, and you're only getting two qualifying passes, so I, I don't yeah. know that I would even attempt to go to that track. Well, inherently, what you're probably seeing is, guys, you're, there's no other races to go to. You know, if you if that's the only race you can go to, is it worth putting in the time and money to work on your comp? You know, work on your stuff. Do you want to still have a car to go to one race a year where it's a a fight? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's a you know, the, NHRA uh, has a big a, a lot of balls to juggle. You know, when you look at the different dynamics in all the classes and and, and how to do it, and you know, I've visited with Glenn Cromwell numerous times on the, from the nitro side of things from a small team racer, because we're truly small team. Our budget is, Oh, I can't even think of the percentage. It's so small uh, compared to a little less than John forces. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably about an eighth. Maybe he pays more in interest than we do in our car. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it it but you you can if you do it right you can compete are you gonna win probably not but you can like gary said we can be a pain in their butt and that's what we want that's what our goal is and to have fun you know it's an expensive way to have fun but man it's a lot of fun and uh and that's and it really boils down to stock super stock it's the same thing i mean guys have so much money they're willing to do it but you know when when the costs are so exorbitant and that's why i think association racing is something that a lot of regions need to look at and even for those die hard nhra racers i know we have a couple over in wisconsin and they were die hard i'm not going to name any names but they they did not like but they've come around not that they don't go to nhra they do uh, but I think they've come around to see that we have a product that uh, is available to to guys. We run it like an NHRA event as close as we can. And uh, our payout's there, and we try and keep the expenses down for the racers. And I think, I think, to, some ex- yeah. I think to some extent that's where, like, these bigger money stock, super stock races, like what Butner did and Bohannon and other guys are talking about doing, like, I think there's some – guys are starting to realize that we kind of have to make our own races like we're not just going to hang out and show up at what's provided by nhra or whatever but you know we can group together as racers and do some of these things on our own to fill in the schedule and kind of design it the way you want to design it that's the neat thing about like the midwest class racers you guys design the payout like right there's right. A, lot of, a lot of racer input that goes into it and you know it's kind of your own party you can run it how you want Exactly. And, and, and what's nice about the way we have it structured too. So like John was talking about the Northern group, that's the Minnesota group and the Heartland group. Well, each one of those groups at one point had somebody that was taking the lead and they would go out like for their Earlville race or the Rock Falls race or the Brainerd race, they would find another, at least that local sponsor there to up their purse. So they were able to, uh, they're able to raise their purse. We have a set standard, which is usually 2,500. And then if we can up that ante, like at Rock Falls, like C-Tech stepped up 
which made it a, for the last two years, it's been 4,000. Now this year, I forgot that they raised it to 5,000 to win. So, you know, and that you can regionalize your sponsorships and that's where it takes someone in that area to really go out and do it. And that's what makes it successful then. And then everybody benefits, and, but the cost to the enter the race doesn't change. It doesn't change. Yeah. I don't know if there's a better bang for the buck than being able to go uh-huh. race two races for Good those kind of payouts for a hundred dollar yeah. entry fee, hundred and what, hundred to $130 entry fee. Like uh, hundred to hundred. I think, yeah, I think our highest, and I'm trying to remember where it's at is, is there a 150? I think there might be a 150, but I, I think the track takes a little bit more out of that one. Uh, that's the way they set it up. But it's there's not one over 150. I know that. And I think that may be high. I think you're closer, Brian. I think it is 135 is the highest or 130. But So $100 it, entry, getting paid second round. You have heads-up right. runs. It, and to win is five thousand dollars or four thousand usually but five thousand on occasion yeah. so yeah, yeah that is a that is really a good bang for your buck basically yeah. two thousand to five thousand yeah yeah depending on the track like but twenty five hundred to the five thousand the five and it's getting more of a norm to be not less than three really to win uh we even have a race i i actually sponsored a race i thought we have a race in September at Thunder Valley. It's it's a total benefit for Make-A-Wish. And uh, I wanted to do another race. So I said, we got to figure out another race to do within our two races. So we have a Friday, Saturday, and Saturday is all dedicated to the Make-A-Wish racers. So while we have, uh, uh, I decided we're going to call it the last chance race. It's free entry. Anybody that loses first round can stay and went run for 1500 bucks no entry wow that it's a free race that we have in conjunction with the make a race on sunday so as long as you're there you might as well be racing so if you lose first round you get a chance to come back for 1500 and uh the runner-up i think gets 750 i think it is um and then we always have a little bit of a trophy um but here's here's the kicker. The first time we ran that race, and we were all hoping. And I don't know if Bobby knows. Bobby, do you know Bobby Devine from Nebraska? I know him from Facebook. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he he was in the final. Really? The first one. <laughs> yes, he made it with his little old. And everybody was rooting for him to win. He he got runner up, but it was it was uh, it was a great time. I mean, that was the blast for him to you know, to be able to race, uh, to go that far. It was, it was fun to see. That's but, cool. Bobby's just, so a we're cool. always trying to find different races to add, you know, right now I'm John and I are always, uh, thinking about, well, what can we do next? You know, what, what special race can we do within a race, you know, to make it, to make it better. So see Bobby That's now you know question. why just keep getting racer input you know and just keep asking your guys have a survey or you know whatever yeah yeah we do and Brian suggested a few a few things for us and uh we do we do that we talk to the racers what they want how, well actually that's how kind of the race of champions started um John was at a meeting with the northern group and they were going well we want to we want to start doing points because we want a champion 
And I go, we don't want to do that. That is going to be nothing but a nightmare to do points. And, and that was the whole premise of this anyway, was to just do it to have fun. Well, and I said, well, technically you guys do have a champion. Whoever wins the most money in a year is the champion. You can go to as many races as you want to go to, but whoever wins the most money, I said, it's no different than the PBR or, or, or the PRCA in rodeo. Whoever wins the most money is the champion. And then I said, well, okay, well, let's do it this way then. Let's do a race of champions for the winners of each of the races. And then if there's, we have, like John said, we have 22 races. Well, if we have 22 winners, we're only going to do a 16 car qualified field. So that's where the slower cars kind of get nailed, but we're not going to have over 16. And we kind of knew that because we have too many rain outs and we have repeat winners. And that's how that started. I said, okay, we're not going to do a points, but we're going to do one race for five grand. And uh, we'll see who the champion really is of the champions. So that's how we did it. Well, if you did want to do points, you could, you could do, we used to do 21 uh, events when I bracket raced and, um, they would drop your lowest three, we'll say. So if you wanted to skip a couple or you needed to go on vacation or whatever, they only they counted like your your best uh, whatever, but they broke it up into three sessions. The Ooh. session one champ, the session two champ, session three champ, and you could miss one race from each one of those sessions. So I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of different things you could do. So the race of champions is definitely the easiest, though. My suggestion every year is, man, let's keep track of points. Like, I think I did pretty good last year, so I just wanted that little pat on the back like where am i at but i do think about it now like you said with the pvr like huh what was my total earnings they need to have a they need to have at the end of the year like where you ranked on that yeah that's true that yeah we could that would be that would be kind of cool that's easy data because i don't know i I never won anything and i didn't feel like it did that good but you know you go to the semis and quarters i mean on an average that all adds up pretty fast so it does it does it does you know i know for a couple years i know deforest won was been probably the champion. I mean, he was, he was, Jason's a phenomenal racer. Well, luckily, luckily last year, Mans was at home and raising kids. So he missed a lot of those races, but yeah, Mike Mans, yeah that's true. That's true. DeForest, yeah. like, he'll be, he'll be in Rock Falls though. Oh, him yeah. and, in, and his wife. Yeah. I think I commented somewhere on a, on the Facebook post of the race of champions check or the checks. And I said, Oh, you might as well put my name on it now. And, he pretty much sent me a text and said, not so fast. <laughs> so, he got me in Brainerd. I'm excited. I want to, I want to pull up next to him. I'm going to, I'm going to put him on the trailer. I owe him one. So, but yeah, how about I that guy? He, he, he shows up at one race last year and wins, you know, like, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're tough. I mean, we got some tough racers, tough, tough racers. Yeah, it's the competition's just as good there as I think as it is anywhere else. And I'll get out there and see and experience some different stuff. But I, uh, I really, I really appreciate everything you and the association does. And I've drank, You're welcome. I've drank the Kool Aid, and I'm all in on it. And I know Bobby's like, "Oh, this association thing," and it's, it's literally just the greatest group of people that, you know, I've I've tried lots of hobbies and spent a lot of time doing different things, and just the camaraderie of the group and. You know, everybody will pitch in to help anybody, and there's little factions, but at the end of the day, if there's a problem, they're all working on stuff, trying to help everybody get going, and just uh, great competition, and the association's really well run. There's never really any bickering or fighting. I mean, it's just 
it's just super fun. And when my wife went with me to St. Louis, we pitted with the same people I pit with every time I go to one of our Midwest class racers. And she's like, this is like a family. You know, everybody's having a picnic and you're eating and you know everybody. And how are the kids? I mean, it's just, it's like a family and that's what makes it awesome. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I appreciate you having us on. Uh, thank you. And Bobby, listen, I'm serious. If if you want to come out to Rock Falls, let me know. We'll fly into Minneapolis. It's a two-hour drive from Minneapolis. We'll all right sure. yeah we will if definitely talk about that mm-hmm. well, if you're if you're serious we can figure something out oh, i look forward to it look forward to meeting you in person and yes. um, i mean you guys your association and i don't race in your association but i really uh, respect what you do for that association it's definitely top-notch uh operation you guys have going on over there oh we appreciate it and Bob and Dan and Al, the other guys on the board of directors, uh, they appreciate it. And uh, so we thank you. Thank you for your time. And we appreciate all you stock, super stock guys out there. Keep it going. We uh, we invite you all to give us a try. Well, Bobby, we fought through some technology battles and technological. <laughs> is that the word I should use, Craig? <laughs> sure. Internet. <laughs> you know, you think uh, we make it sound easy and it always sounds good, but it's sometimes... You know, it's not so easy, but there's always another knob that has to be turned, I guess, huh? Twiddled, we like to say. <laughs> Twiddle Twiddling the knobs. <laughs> Twiddling the knobs and the internet. Bobby, the it's internet. like it's like you twiddling the knobs in your car. That's a clutch. You I twiddle, twiddle, them all. You twiddle, I twiddle the clutch of your stick yeah. racer. <laughs> I, but, I yeah. fix it until it is broken. So thanks to John who's lost out there in the interweb and Charlie for coming on and all the listeners for putting up with our little debacle tonight but it was still fun and hey we're gonna keep on getting better this is class racing today thank you for sticking with us through this episode once again remember artisan coffee so gracious to sponsor the show coffee by artisan.com join the race team and get a free shirt hat and 15 percent off your coffee uh also don't forget uh you can get your very own class racing today shirt sticker for your car uh email us class racing today at gmail.com uh to give us the details and uh bobby does a great job keeping track of those and uh running some things around um follow us on the social medias youtube facebook instagram at class racing today any last thoughts gentlemen before we Wrap this episode up. Get the get your car fast and your light sharp because <laughs> we'll see you at the track. <laughs> nice. Have a good one, gentlemen. Thanks you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>